How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And, of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob. What's going on? I hope all is well with you, as it is with me. Let me just say this before I jump in on today's top topic. I had previously recorded this podcast today, as a matter of fact, but for some reason or another, it only recorded five minutes of the podcast, and I'm not sure what happened. I must have not have had enough time left on the SD card where I record my podcast, but I made sure that I did, but something went wrong. So I just wanted to let you know it's not a mistake that you are hearing the same podcast again if by chance you downloaded this podcast earlier. So please disregard that version of today's top topic, which is what does it take to make a man? Man's misunderstanding of manhood. And so we're going to jump into that real fast. But before we do, I'd like to also mention that last year, August 23rd, 2021, was the, the, the first day that I launched a, my first podcast. And so now I have been doing this for more than one year. And it has been phenomenal. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you for the downloads. I want to thank you for your support. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to Station B.O.B. And as a matter of fact, not only is this my one-year anniversary of podcasting, but also my birthday is coming up on September 4th, this coming Sunday. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about you. And of course, I'm excited about this time of year. This is has always been my favorite time of the year. When I was single, when I lived in the Bronx, New York, when I had my own apartment, I used to always take the first week of September off so I could really clean my house, you know. And then, you know, some of us, when we live in New York, some of us have a problem with insects like roaches, okay. And so September, that first week of my vacation, that first day was the day I declared war on the roaches. And I used to clean out my cabinets, get all the dishes out, and just get up in there with this powerful roach spray and just spray all the roaches and kill them dead. The next day I'd wake up, I'd be dead roaches all over the place. I'd sweep them up. And yes, for just about a year, I would be roach free. So, you know, I'm celebrating, you know, how I used to live. And it wasn't bad. You just had the company of the, the little brown things. But those days have long since been gone. And so I just wanted to reflect with you to let you know, you know, some history about Dr. Rob. So it's been a minute or two since my last podcast. And that makes me think of the, these favorite words from one of my favorite songs by Michael Jackson. Can it be that I stayed away too long? 
Did I leave your mind while I was gone? Well, I certainly hope not. And if I did, I have a special treat for you today with this top topic. So let me jump right on in. Enough of that preliminary monologue stuff. Let's jump right on in. What does it take to make a man? Wow. Man's misunderstanding of manhood. What a topic. What a topic. I have to say, this is going to be a great podcast. What does it mean to make a man? Man's misunderstanding of man. Well, I want to say right off the top that if you are a man listening to this, and maybe maybe even some women may feel the same way too, you probably are going to say, what the hell is he talking about? And who is he talking? Who is he to be talking about how I should raise my son or my children? So first of all, let me just say that that's not what I'm doing here. That's not what I'm doing here. And I'm going to tell you why I'm saying this. And then I'm in a few minutes, I'm going to let you know who I am. And what qualifies me to talk about this powerful topic. So, but I just want to start by saying that also that this discussion will be refuting, you know, perhaps hundreds of years of beliefs, customs, cultures, and social constructs. Yes, social constructs that purport the idea that the man is the so-called stronger of the two sexes between men and women. That's just a social construct, but that is not really what I am talking about because, yes, in reality, men are physically stronger than women, but that's not really the the uh, crux of what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm talking about the social construct that man are supposed men are supposed to be tough, not acknowledge their feelings and do not cry. And so we start off with, with teaching our little boys how to behave like that so they can become what we call men. Real men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real men. So of course and I just want to say also that I'll be getting into the meaning of social constructs and how they come into play here in regard to this topic later on in the podcast because social constructs are a must-discuss as it relates to this topic in particular for show. But first, please know, or should I say please note, like take note of this, that in this discussion, I am not trying to tell anyone who's listening to this message how to raise their son, sons, stepsons, bonus sons, and or your male dog or any other manly thing you might have going on in your household. That is not what this podcast is about at all. What this podcast is about or what it has to do with the idea that that as as men, males, or what have you, that in the eyes of society and even many women, we as men have to be strong or tough in terms of not showing our feelings like crying, hurting from pain or illness, being unemployed, not being able to provide for our children or our families, and or any other so-called man-related duty. That type of denial is not manly. It is unhealthy, unwise, and quite frankly, I think it's straight foolishness. I think it is straight foolishness. And so, let me say, you know, that I had an idea for this podcast several months ago, and I was planning on when to discuss this topic. But sometimes, you know, when you're podcasting, you know, sometimes you get an idea for a subject, but you kind of you have to kind of let it marinate so that you can get the proper angle, you know, on which to approach the topic and and make your case 
for what your position is. So that's what took me so long to drop this topic. How, but I want to say though, however, I was instantly inspired to move on this topic from a video clip I saw on Facebook yesterday. And this video clip really inspired me. It depicted a father holding, you know, on his stomach and his chest, and he was in his car, and he was holding his, I guess, one- or two-year-old baby boy. And the father stated in this video, and I'm just paraphrasing because I, I do not remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, and he said this as he was holding and comforting his son on his chest. He went on to say that, this is not considered babying my son. You know, holding my son like this on my chest or on my stomach is not babying my son. He said, what is babying my son would be if he ran and fell, cut his leg, and then I, you know, I hugged him and coddled him, you know, to comfort him through the pain and shock of hurting himself when he fell. Then the father went on to say, that would be an example of babying his son. And he would not do that. You know, he would not comfort his son after he fell and hurt his leg. Meanwhile, the son is like, you know, two, three, or four years old, whatever. So he said, and, and he wouldn't cuddle his son and comfort him during that time. Because that is how he would make him tough in order to make him a man. When he fell, he would tell him to get up and get back out there. Like in other words, shake it off. Don't cry. Just keep it moving. Even though you may have just seriously injured your leg. Those are my words. But that is the, you know, the the gist of what he was saying. And that is how he said you make a man. Now, I was seriously taken aback by that and how that idea is so far from the truth that it was very concerning to me. And I became inspired to move forward with this with this topic on this podcast today because that is society's perspective or idea of what it takes to make a man. That a man should deny his pain, do not show his pain, suck it up, God damn it. Shake it off and keep it moving with your cut-up leg that might even be broken since you are a man in training at two, three, or four years of age. And I did not take the time to learn the full extent of your injured leg because it is more important that I ignore your feelings, which is the worst thing to do to not only any baby boy, baby girl, an adult man or an adult woman. The worst thing to do is to ignore their feelings. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's an oh, my God times two. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what inspired me to go forward with this pod, with this podcast today. What it takes to make a man. Man's total misunderstanding. That's right, I said man's total misunderstanding of manhood. I said it, I meant it. And now that I've answered the question of, potential critics that I'm not telling anyone how to raise their boys into men. Now I want to speak to the question as to who I am, like the nerve of me to be telling you how to make a man. That's a good question. Well, first I want to say, and I don't like to brag or boast, but sometimes I got to tell you who I am so that you know that I'm coming correct when I come at you with the things that I come at you with. So first understand that I am a human being who just so happens to be a man who by profession is a licensed 
therapist, and I have years of experience of assessing little boys, assessing male adolescents, and assessing and working with men regarding their respective mental health needs. And, if I might add, currently I am a Ph.D. student with a focus on social work. And so that's who I am, and that is why I say I can talk about this subject, because my thoughts and ideas here are not based on my personal opinion. My thoughts and ideas here are based on evidence-based research, which are theories that have been established by scientific measurement as it relates to this discussion Pertaining to what a man needs and what a man does not need to become a man. You see, because real men, if you if you will, are not made because they deny their pain. Real men are made because they acknowledge their pain, talk about their pain, and they understand that it is important to discuss how they feel so they do not plummet into depression and anger because they cannot tell their fathers how they really feel when they fall or if they lose their jobs, break up with their girlfriends or their wives, or if they're in pain from illness or do not earn enough money to provide for their families. And, and so instead, we, not me, but I am a man, so, but instead, men are taught to hide behind these false, this false bravado of being a man on the outside and then suffer immensely on the inside because we are dangling in obscurity due to our total misunderstanding of manhood. And so instead... You know, some men could be filled with shame, depression, anger, even loneliness, and in some cases, foolishness, because we were raised, hit over the head, because we were raised to be a man. Wow. How crazy is that? And I want to say, just because this has been the way of life in America for the entire extent of American history, by golly. That does not make it right. I'm going to say right here that we got it all wrong, okay? We have it all wrong because, you see, before we are men, we are human beings as male subjects, if you will. And we have the same emotional needs as any other human being, which include women. In other words, Men, we need good self-esteem. Women need to have good self-esteem. Men need to become more self-aware of their feelings. Women need to become more self-aware of their feelings. Men need to feel free to express how they feel when they fall, when they hurt, when they feel less than a man, which should be, there should be no such thing because a man is a man. There should be no kind of feelings of feeling less than a man. But the, the reason why an individual would feel less than a man is because this fake premise, this fake standard of toughness has been established. Just like a woman is a woman, we both hurt. We both feel pain. We both experience happiness. We experience sadness. We experience joy. And then one day, we both die. And so, you tell me, when a man denies some of his innermost painful life experiences, is that really being a man? Or is that being a person who will not be an emotionally healthy or physically healthy man. What say you? Well, I'm going to stop right there and let a promo in, and we're going to pick up this discussion on the other side of the promo. Have you read any good books lately? 
Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. All right, now, welcome back to the podcast, and we are talking about what it takes to make a man. Man's total misunderstanding of man. And so before we went to the promo, I was just talking about what do you think so far about what I said. But before I continue the discussion, you know, I just want to point out that I like to take a second, a moment to laugh. Laughter is good, and we should always laugh. Laughter is healthy, and being funny or hearing something funny is just sort of um, therapeutic. So, in that same vein, I'm going to start sharing my little corny dad jokes with you and just to kind of change the pace and get some laughter going. So here we go with my corny dad joke. You know, my nephew stole my antidepressant medication. So now, I hope he's happy. What do you think about that? I, I thought that was cute. I thought it was cute. You know, my, my nephew stole my antidepressant medication. And so now I hope he's happy. Yep, I said it. Okay, so now let's get back to the discussion. Think about this. And because this is this is real. You know, this is a scenario that has been happening over the years to men and, and on the athletic you know on the athletic realm you know there's a time in sports you know if you're a young man playing high school sports college sports or professional sports and the teams usually when they're preparing for seasons that happen during the winter they practice they go into training camp during the hot summer months and they work out and do all their practices in and in the intense heat of the summer, this happens all over the country, you know, 90 plus degrees, in some cases, even 100 degrees, depending where you are geographically. And then some of these athletes, one or two of them, they they get thirsty, they feel dizzy, weak, or, or any other type of ill feeling that may arise. And then, you know, and they have to endure in the intense in these intense weather-related elements in, in connection with the rigorous workout that they are engaged in with their teammates. And the perception is if you ask for a break or ask the coach to take you out based on how sick or weak or thirsty or how dizzy you feel under the sun because of this activity – then you would be considered by the coach and some of your teammates as being weak, being soft, or less than a man. What is that, less than a man? But that is a reality. And so if you ask out, if you ask for a break just to kind of not be dizzy anymore, to get a drink of water, you, you might not even make the team. How about that? In other words, 
you have to pass out or even die in some cases on the field in order for a male athlete to get the respect he needed to come off the field during these very moments when you might be at your worst point physically, feeling dizziness, weakness, thirstiness, and you are perceived in even in your own mind and by your athletes, your you know your teammates. If you ask for a break, that you are soft, you're weak, you're not a man. And so, my case in point here is that many of these athletes, and this is this is this has happened, and it may have happened over this summer. The athletes who stay in the practice, who stay on the field to avoid the perceived shame of being less than a man. And then either they pass out, like I said, or they have even died at their respective practices as a result of the symptoms I just described. And this was simply due to the fact that they were believing as men that they could not tend to their own personal urgent needs because it would be perceived as being weak as a man. I mean, well, how do you like that? One should pass out from sunstroke or die before they have the courage to walk up the field and be viewed as less than tough, less than strong. I mean, what say you? Well, I say, to hell with that. If that is me, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a drink of water and never mind how I'm viewed by others who who who, who have the same issues but not the same courage to save themselves because in their mind it is more important to be a man. Like what? Like whoa. Like, and this is how we are taught. We are taught to behave like this, to deny our feelings, to deny our, our needs, because we must put up the perception of being a man. Now, I always say most good things work best from the inside out, and that would include us as human beings. And for those of, of us who are men, if we are good on the inside, we will be even better and tougher on the outside. That's right. It's the inside that makes you tough on the outside. And so if your little boy falls, then cries, and you tell him to get up, shake it off, and keep it moving, you do not make a man a tough man what you make is a person who may become afraid to tell you how he feels, what he feels, and why he feels the way he does. And so now your tough man, you know, starts to get become unhappy, disconnected, may even develop suicidal ideations because for him it would be too shameful too shameful in the eyes of his father if he came to him and revealed his true feelings about whatever pain he may be in. Is this what you want for your boys in order for them to turn into men? I don't think so. You know, there's a saying that says, only the strong survive. What does that mean? It does not mean that the man in the mirror with the muscles is the strong one. In many cases, that is so far from the truth that it's funny. It could be and usually is the little short dude that has the personal fortitude, the stick-to-itiveness, the emotional well-being, and the self-determination that it takes to stand up when in pain, to express your feelings when in need, to cry in sadness, and to overcome life's toughest obstacles with a smile on your face because you've, 
you feel so good about yourself as a person, not as a man, but as a person who could rise up and turn your pain into purpose because you recognize your pain. You talked about your pain, and now your pain has turned into gain. You feel me? This fake exterior uh, persona, bravado, that we as men should not cry or feel our feelings. I mean, that's that's the way you made a man 300 years ago, okay? That's the way you made a man 300 years ago. And so now, let's move into the part of the discussion that addresses the social construct of manhood. Is what That's what I was talking about earlier. Because, you see, this is how we got here in the first place with this social construct of what a real man is supposed to be. You know, tough, strong, a leader, and so on. And that's cool. But the way we make them strong, the way we make them leaders, that's not cool. So now, what I'm going to say here, you know, pretty much speaks to or against hundreds of years of social constructs, which are not necessarily, not even necessarily, social constructs are not based in truth and or facts. They are merely the ways of how our realities have been orchestrated by the influences, the influencers, I should say, of policy, you know, people with wealth, and an assortment of other leaders, which have all been men, by the way, and White men, if I might add. And so this idea as to a man having to be tough is the first requirement to being a man is not based in any facts, truth, or reality. This notion of a man being required to be tough, strong, and all of the other falsehoods that go into this notion is simply based in the confines of a social construct which has dominated the prevailing thoughts on this topic of a man since the early days of the settlement and establishment of civilization and the United States. I mean, of course it goes way beyond that. But that's really, I'm just trying to keep it in perspective. And so, and, and, and if I might add, this is the thinking in all cultures, pretty much in all countries around the world. The man is the man. You know, the man is that dude because he is a man. However, in this podcast, I'm only referring to men here. You know, in America, this is not about any particular culture. It is... It is about the culture of our belief in many cases of what it takes to be a man. And so, just for the record, what is a social construct? And I think it's important that I define that so we can be on the same page. And the social construct is an idea that has been created and accepted by the people in society. For instance, class distinctions are a social construct. You know, lower class, middle class, and upper class. Racism is a social construct. You know, the idea that one group is superior to another. Now, what is that based on? Not fact. It's a social construct. And it has a purpose to arrange society, you know, America, if you will, to do things in an order that says some people are more intelligent, better looking, and more entitled to the offerings that are available to only those in society that should be allowed to have these amenities, if you will. You know, Thanksgiving is a social construct, Christmas, Halloween, 
you know, pretty much all that we do. And I say this not to say that social constructs are a problem because that is how you maintain a civilized, organized society. So I'm not speaking anti-civilization. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm doing here is speaking about the idea that there's only one way to make a man and that's to make him tough, to make him deny his own feelings. That's what I'm talking about here. And it is that social construct that has determined how men should feel or not feel because real men don't feel what they're supposed to feel, okay? So let me give you some other examples of social constructs that, you know, include but are not limited to race, gender, age, intelligence, and, of course, manhood and what it takes to be a man. And these these ideas, they emerge from postmodern and post-structural theories in cultural studies and sociology. Like, in other words, people see these things, they read about them, you know, way back when, and they put them out there, and because they these people are the influencers, the policy makers, the lawmakers, the people with the money, they get to put their spin on how we behave, how we should think, and what we should do in order to make a man. And and, and these things highlights how concepts like race gender roles, and beauty are not natural or normal, but rather they are merely social constructs created by man. Just to take it a step further, there's something called discourse theory, which which proposes that in our daily activities, the way we speak and write is shaped by the structures of power in our society. And so... There you have it. A social construct is what not only has guided our definition of what a man is supposed to be, but also it has permeated through this this social construct has permeated through our societies for centuries and our families, our respective races cultures right here in the United States, the idea of a man sitting at the head of a table is a social construct. And so here I come now talking about the fact there is absolutely unequivocally no truth, no fact that a man should be made to be tough by his father, by his family, by our society, so that he is the chosen one to handle the tough times that we experience in this life we live. That man, to make that type of man, that was 300 years ago. To to make a man the type of man that can survive and sustain and be functional and happy. It's a new formula for, for that type of man. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So just keep in mind that the most ineffective way to make a man tough is to deny him his emotional support. That's right. I said the most ineffective way to make a man tough is to deny him his emotional support. Deny your male toddler the proper attention he needs when he falls and cuts his leg. Deny him the opportunity to cry and express his feelings. I mean, after all, what are tears for? To only cry at funerals? Hell to the no. Our tears are a natural human response to the sad feelings we have in connection to pain, to bad experiences that may prompt us to cry. And in this life, as you know, you will have some bad experiences. But not only that, I would say that when I cry, and I do cry, I have felt so much relief. And from that relief, from a particular emotion, 
or experience, it cleared the way for me to to move on and be better able to handle the next disappointment, the the next painful experience or bad experience. As a matter of fact, I did some research on tears, and tears they provide like a, a protective shield over our eyes. Tears help to keep dust out of our eyes. And the tears, you were born with those tears, by golly. And then somebody tells you, hey, nope, 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 nope. You cannot, you should not use those tears. Just just do not use them. You're not supposed to because you are a man. So if we do not talk about our stuff, or cry about our stuff. We will act out about our stuff. And the results of that kind of behavior behavior are never, ever good. And so in closing, I'm going to leave you with this message on what it takes to make a man. And But before I do that, I have to let a promo in, and we'll pick up on the other side. With my formula for what it takes to make a man. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services. The place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. All right, welcome back. And so, how we doing? You know, I grew up in New York City and then Mayor Edward Koch. Every time you saw him on an interview, on the news or something, he always asked, how am I doing? So I'm going to ask you, how am I doing? All right, all right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. And so... As I was saying, in closing, I'm going to leave you with a message on what it takes to make a man so you can have a better understanding of manhood. Quite simply, men are human beings first, as you already know. And before we are men, we are babies, and then we are little boys. And it is at that time that our minds are shaping into the men that we will become. And so in that process, as little boys, ignoring our feelings, teaching us not to cry and or communicate about how we really feel does not create a man. In some cases, you can create a monster, okay? And and it, so that creates an individual who may never be true to himself about who he is, how he feels, and what it means to feel the way he does. And if, as a man, you do not connect to your inner self, your most deepest feelings about yourself, your outer self will be manifested in ways by a male individual who may not cope very well with some of life's most challenging issues, obstacles, and challenges, or even the issues that we have within, our, within ourselves. And most of all, you may never be comfortable or they may never be comfortable in their own skin because they were taught not to be who they are, but instead to be who society says you are as a man. What's up with that? You tell me. So now, more than likely, 
for little boys to not be allowed to connect to their inner selves may result in very unhappy male adults who just so happen to be men. And that is not how you prepare men for life, whereby they have to pretend that they are strong when they may be feeling weak, pretend that they do not hurt when they are in the most pain, pretend that only they can lead their family when they may never have wanted to lead anything. Let me just say this. I want to say, attention, men, women, fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, and all other concerned individuals. I do not mean to rain on your social construct of what a man is supposed to be, but I have some breaking news. A man needs to feel good. A man needs to express his feelings so he does not smack the shit out of his wife because he has so much frustration built up inside since he was a little boy and he was not allowed to tell his father how much it hurt when he fell and cut his leg. A man needs to have good self-esteem. A man needs to be loved when he is a little boy, just like a woman needs to be loved when she was a little girl. To be a man is not an automatic, systematic approach because little boys are taught to be tough, to deny their feelings, to not cry. To become a man is a process, and it involves nurturing, attention, I'm sorry, excuse me, attention, loving care, and consistent parenting that addresses the needs of not only our baby girls, but also our baby boys. And without the nurturing, the care, the loving, the hugs... And the band-aids for those scrapes and cuts. You know, little kids. Children love band-aids. They they want band-aids even when they're not cut. So what's wrong with that? Put a band-aid on that wound. Hug that little boy and tell him he's going to be all right. Because that's what he's looking for in the moment. And it's the, it's, it is in those moments that we need to come to the rescue so that we can make our little boys into men. And then those men can make their little boys into men, real men who feel good on the inside. And that way they're tougher, they're more endurable, more powerful in their thinking, in their approach to problem solving because they feel good on the inside. And then on the outside, you can see their light shining through because then you will have a good man. Without that, you will get what we have now in so many cases, men who have been misled in their upbringing with toughness, and now they lack self-esteem, lack trust in others, have little with any confidence, and then they are put into positions to lead and to be strong when they come to the table with none of the prerequisite emotional tools that enable, that would empower little boys to become men. And so to make a man, allow him to feel good about what God gave him to feel. Do not allow your little boys to deny who they are, how they feel. Think about yourself as a man. How has that worked out for you? Holla. And I will not. uh, No, you know what? I'm going to stop there. Because I think I've said enough. And hopefully I have enlightened you about what it takes to make a man and to clarify man's total misunderstanding 
of manhood. I want to thank you all for tuning in once again, my friend. Thank you for walking with me, jogging with me, listening to me in your car, on your headphones, on your Peloton, on your treadmill, or any other way that you have downloaded this podcast. And please, tell a friend, tell a foe. Heck, tell everybody you know to download Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And I enjoyed you today, and hopefully you enjoyed me too. And so until the next time we meet, remember, love is an action, not a word. And it is not supposed to hurt. Peace. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.